Okay, Boker Tov, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Chof Ches, number 28 in Yuma. Start from the beginning of the parak. Amr lehem ha So now we begin the second parak, and here the Mamuna is, Rashi says, uh, is the appointed one. Who is that? Rashi says, that's the Skan Kohen Gadol. So as the beginning of the first parak, uh, we weren't sure who that replacement Kohen Gadol was. Remember, we had a replacement from case he became Tame. Didn't really say who it was. Some say that it was this assistant Kohen Gadol, but Rashi there doesn't tell us that, indicating that maybe it is, was somebody else who was designated. Maybe the Skan Kohen Gadol had to remain as the Skan because he had many other duties, as we see here. We're continuing on with the daily process. Specifically here, we're talking about Kohen, uh, Yom Kippur, but this goes on every day. This part of it was the carbon tumble. It went on man shechita. Go out and see if the time for shechita has come. By shechita, it says baboker. Normally, boker normally means during the daytime, right? Which means after an In general, when we have to do things during the day, you can't do it before an etz. As we see many mitzvahs, we're mocked about the lulav, etc. After an etzachama, after sunrise. But certain things, when it says baboker, baboker, we do that even from alosa shachar, was at first light. So here the uh, the coin the coin in charge of of the processes there, that's the scan, he said, Go out and see, uh, go out and see if the time for Shita has arrived, meaning whether the sun whether the first light has happened, and uh, go check. And as you go stand up on the Rashi says on the on the wall or on the roof, go see if you could see first light. Imigia Haro Omer Barkoi, if it came even as if the time has come, if first light happened, if there was dawn, what we call dawn, the person who saw it said, it's lit up. It's lit up. We'll see different Lashonas here. Masya ben Shmuel Omer. It's a question whether Masya ben Shmuel said this, meaning he was in the time of, he was in the base of Migdash, or this is a Tana saying what they said there. Masya ben Shmuel Omer. Again, this is sort of a dialogue between the, um, between the coin of Amuna and the uh, the coin who went up to check on the roof whether there was dawn yet. So Masim Shalom, he says, Heir Pnei Kolam Mizrach, the face of the whole east has lit up Atsheba Chevron. Chevron was mentioned <clears throat> to remind us of those who are at rest in Chevron, meaning our Ovos is a schus for us. So he mentioned Atsheba Chevron all the way to Chevron, it's lit up already. And he answered yes. Who answered yes? The Gemara will explain what the dialogue exactly was. But the point was they sent somebody up to see whether there was first light. Why did they have to send somebody up? I mean, couldn't they just wait and see whether it was light? Uh, or to be, to be sure, what was the necessary to go check and say, are you sure it's lit up, etc.? At one time, the, uh, the moon lit up the sky, and, it was mist- and they mistook it for the sun. Vedimu, they thought, they thought that the sun had lit up the east already. And they shechted the carbon tumet too early, before dawn, which would mean it was also because shechita has to be during the day. By, by all carbonos, shechita kabbalah shrika, those have to be done during the day. We said that haktara sevarim uptarim, the uh, burning, the smoking of the um, limbs of an ola or the fatty parts of almost all animals can be done even into the night, correct? But shechita kabbalah shrika must be done during the day. So here in this case, they mistook the light of the moon for the light of the sun. They thought it was daybreak already, and they shechted the carbon too early, 
They didn't think it was possible. They would seal the base of Shreifa. They took it out to the base of Shreifa. That's the place in the base of Migdash where they burned Karbonus that became possible. Okay, then... That, that's that's what that's as far as you know how they got up in the morning to check what was time for shechita. Meaning, meaning we're going with the order. The truma sedeshim was done already. That could have been done even before daybreak. But shechita could be done dafka after daybreak. Horidu kohen gadol beisatfila. Then the first process in the kohen gadol on Yom Kippur. Now referring specifically Yom Kippur, they took him to the mikvah. That was the first thing he had to do after he had uh, after he had uh, gone to the bathroom. Horidu kohen gadol beisatfila. This was the General rule in the base Mishkala Whoever moved their bowels, he had to go to the mikvah. In other words, a person moved his bowels and wanted to continue doing the service of the Avod in the base Mishkala, he had to go to the mikvah. If he just urinated, he had to wash his hands and feet from the kior, the holy vessel that had the water in there, the pure water in the base Mishkala. Okay, so, going, uh, so if he defecated, if he, if he if he moved his bowels, he had to go to the mikveh. If he urinated, he just had to wash his hands and his feet. That was the rule of the coin in the base of Mikdash. Now, what is this business about Barkai? He said they sent the guy up to see if it was uh, dawn yet, if it was time yet for Shita. Again, normally things during the day that must be done during the midst of the day, or you wait for an Eitzachama. Like, like even where we do, we, uh, Shmon Esri is supposed to be, L'Chachil is supposed to be done with Nates, not before Nates. Uh, but Kriyashma can even be done before. Okay, these are learned out of Sukkim. Generally, mitzvahs that are done during the day if they're not only from dates. But if you say specifically things that can be done earlier in the morning, daybreak really is from Alosa Shachar. When we fast, we fast from Alosa Shachar. Uh, mitzvahs like Kriyashma, Shechita could have been done for Alosa Shachar. That's, already, that's at Alosa Shachar. That's considered the, b- the very beginning, even though for most mitzvahs you do it only after Nate Sachama. Tanya Bishmuel Omer. Barak Barkoi, this is what he said. Rabbi Shmuel said that the Lushan that he was is Barak Barkoi, it's all lit up. The, 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 the lighting is all lit up. Rabbi Kiyobamra, Allah Barkoi. Rashi says that means that Heir Yosemi Barak. And it's more than, more, either more than lightning or more than light, meaning it's really risen up. The light has risen up so that it's really light now. Not just I could just see the edges starting in the, in the horizon on the east, but I could rather, it's already, it's, it's lit up. It's lit up even more. It's risen up. Nehuma ben Apakshon Omer. Interesting, I don't know who, the, the, I don't know if we have him anywhere else. Nehuma ben Apakshon Omer. Afbar koi bechevron. Even, it's lit up even all the way into Hebron. Again, Hebron is south of Yerushalayim, so it's not like it's, uh, it's not like it's, uh, if it would be further west, you could say, oh, it's lit up even over there. The idea Rashi says is simply to remember the Yeshani Hebron, the Avos. Masim and Shmuel, we saw him in the Mishnah. It's not clear if that was a Tana explaining this or if he was actually a person in the base of Migdosh. Masim and Shmuel, Omer HaMunal Apaisos, the one in charge of the lotteries, Omer Heyer, Heyer Pnei Kol HaMizrach. Interesting. You see, in the Mishnah, we said Omer HaMunal, that was speaking Rashi, said that's the Skan. And now he says, uh, he says here, this is the Muna on the on the lotteries, maybe that was one of the same, sounds like it's one of the same person. The one in charge of the lotteries was the Skan. Again, not necessarily the one who took the coin girl's place. That's what his Lushen was. That he said the Lushen was that the language that they used to verify that there was dawn was Again, was this, the, was this one person saying this or was this a dialogue? He said even more. In other words, we started off by saying, 
Was it lit up? Che- go check if it is lit up. So the, the first lashon is, he says, Aroa says, Barkoi. One word, it's lit up. Other ones say, no, uh, Barak Barkoi, or, or that's how he says, Rabbi Shmuel says it, Barak Barkoi. Um, uh, and the other one says, no, Allah Barkoi. The says, they keep adding more. He said, "Hey, call They keep on adding lashonos to make it to make a bigger thing out of it, like to make it a bigger thing. No, I'm telling you, it's all the way lit up. The whole light is lit up. Yudim says, "The whole eastern face of the sky is lit up." And people have gone out to work. It's to emphasize that it's time to do the shechita. People are already going to work. Says so more people are going to work. Let's say it's eight nine o'clock in the morning. Yochi tuva. It's really lit up. A lot, and this is really de- this is already in the middle of the day, practically, right? If it's people are going to work, now he says, "Let's go pumpkin." We're talking about the farmers, the contractors who go out early in the morning to hire workers. The work day doesn't start till whatever eight nine o'clock in the morning. But when they go out to get workers, they got to go out early, real early to get uh, to find workers who are going to work uh, work the land. So it, it, those are all various lashonos that they used for uh, for emphasizing that it's lit, lit up. Yes. In Brochus, so we have a dinim like uh, when you can tell the the the, the of your tzitzi, it's daylight already, and when you can see your friend's face from from three feet away, it's daylight that's already. That's correct. No, no, not no. That's not that's not daylight. That's not daylight yet. Daylight. That, that's as that's the, those are the rules for when you can uh, when you could say kriyashma or when you could put on a towel and fillin. Uh, that's that's the, that's what we right. That's called uh, you know mishayakir from the time. That's the time you can put on talis and fillin, which is well before that. Daybreak can be either before or later. Now uh, daybreak here and on our current calendars, for example, we have um, we have uh, daybreak could be let's say let's say daybreak now and our clock is around four o five four ten. But you can't put on talis and tefillin until later. Mishiyakar is later. In other words, Mishiyakar means you're walking in the street. Can you recognize somebody? Can you tell them Suntchelis and, and, and Lavan? Or can you see somebody? That's later than daybreak. Daybreak is when the light is lit up in the sky. Those are different times. So those are the rules for, uh, for davening or for putting on talis and tefillin, etc. But daybreak is daybreak when, they see, when, the light, when, the, when there's first light out on the eastern horizon. Says the Gemara, Amr Safrat, Avram, the davening of Avram. What do you mean the davening of Avram? So the Mepharshim explained over here, we're really speaking about Mincha. The davening of Avram, Mechid Meshachri Kosle, from the time that the, that the uh, walls get dark. So first of all, let's understand, what do we mean by Mecha? We'll come in a minute to what does it mean if Mincha is usually, we think of Yitzchak, right? So what do you mean the Tzlusa Avram? So he says first, Meshachri Kosle, it's like this. When the sun is on the east in the morning, and you have a vertical wall, so the sun lights up the wall, right? If there's a sun opposite the wall, the sun is opposite the wall. When this, at, at noon, the sun is directly above the wall. Then when the sun goes slightly to the west, right, right immediately after noon, so then it casts a shadow on that same wall. The wall that in the morning was lit up casts a shadow, at the, and the shadow is at the very top of the wall right after noon. So in other words, from the time that the wall is darkened, meaning it's in a shadow, that's right afternoon when the wall is just when the sun is just beginning to go west, that's when you could start davening mincha. Now, why is it called Slusa Davram? So various Mepharshim over here say, some say that Yitzchak learned it from Avram. Some say that Yitzchak really was metaking the evening, the davening in the afternoon, right? Um, and um 
he was Metakana, but the time, the exact time, was set by Avram, right? Why, so, so he says it's, it's from the evening. Now, even though, even though why, you know, how do you know it's evening? It's still said Avram. The Mepharshim say, he brings on the side here, it says, Lifnos Erev. It's not talking about it's not talking about Myrev, which we know was Metukanali Day Yaakov, right? But rather, it's uh, it's really referring to Yitzchak's tefillah of Mincha. But it's called Selusa Avram because he either set the time or Yitzchak learned it from Avram. Or as we'll see later on in the Gemara, that all the others were Metakan all the mitzvah were, were Mekayim all the mitzvos. So it's called here Selusa Avram. When is that? That's from the time that the wall starts to have a little bit of a shadow, which is immediately right afternoon. Amr Yosef. Anan me Avram We're going to learn from Avram. Avram was uh, was the was the, so you can learn this in different ways. Are we going to learn that we're going to be as as scrupulous as Avram Avinu? Avram was the greatest, right? So he was Makayim everything. He was close to God. Are we going to learn? We do we have to do exactly like him? Anan me Avram Nigmar. You could also explain this that halachas you don't learn from Chumash. Right, halachas you don't We talk about general the idea of shachris. Okay, we learn of shachris, but we're going to talk about the halacha of when exactly you can daven, like we're talking about here. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, Avra mentioned, from the time you could see your friend three uh, three amos away, or from the time you could discern the color of the tchelas. All these different things you're going to learn exactly from from the chumash. We don't learn halachas from chumash. We learn halachas from the neviim, from the later rabbis who codified everything for us exactly how to do stuff. So what's wrong with that Tana The Tana learned from Avram, the Tana learned from Avram what you're supposed to do. So we're not going to do that. Of course you can learn from Avram. Do it first thing. What he means to say is not necessarily the exact time, but it's 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 pretty close. I mean he's telling you do it as soon as you can. How do you know you learn from Avram? The Tanya we learn of Yamashmini Mabasar Allah, so Milas be on the eighth day, anytime on the eighth day. Chasidim, who eat, uh, usually make it a fleshika meal, they have it later in the day, right? They don't do it first thing in the morning. Malamid, Shekolim kashal meal, the whole day of Yom, Yom Hashmid meal, it's not supposed to be at night, but it's supposed to be on the eighth day. Mashma, anytime during the day. Ella, Shazrizim, Makim, and Mitzvos. There's reason the ones who are very scrupulous, Makdimit, and do it, or, or do it right, first thing. Shenemar, Vayashkim, Avram, Baboker, Vayachabosh. Some say it's another post that gets brought down here by, uh, uh, from Vayashkim, Avram, Baboker. But either way, Avram got up early in the morning to do it, right? He says, Amen. And the Bach brings out a different post. But the point is, Avram got up early to do it. Even though there's a mitzvah to do it all day, you could do it anytime, you get up early in the morning. So, so uh, what's wrong with But what's Rabbi Yosef's problem? We're going to learn from Avram. All you learn from Avram, we're not talking about a specific halacha uh, that we're ta- that that was maybe instituted later on. We're talking about learning from Avram to, to do the mitzvahs right as soon as you can. So once you have a mitzvah of shachros, you should do it right in the morning. And once you have a mitzvah of uh, of mincha, do it as early as possible. This was Rabbi Yosef's problem when Rav Safra mentioned that the tefillah's mincha should be done right afternoon. This was his kasha, kashalit. It's not, we learned, we had this form sachem. Chala, Reb Sachem, the Yosef, Shabbos. We know normally the tamid shal boker is the first carbon brought in the morning. Tamid shal babayim is the last carbon brought in the day. However, we learn out by Pesach, remember, Bain Arbayim, it says, Bain Arbayim, that you're supposed to do the carbon Pesach last in the day. Yet, you have to do the carbon Pesach enough time that you can roast it and everything be ready still on Erev Pesach. So, let's say Erev Pesach came out on Erev Shabbos. What does that mean? 
you have to carb- shech the carbon on on Friday, even though we have a call today, it can't come out on our calendar, right? Lobadu Pesach, I think we don't have a, can't come out on, on Friday. Um, no, maybe it could come out on Friday. It could come out on Friday. No, we could Lobadu on, on uh, the first day of Pesach can't come out on Friday, but Erev Pesach could come out on Friday, right? Chal Erev Pesach and Leos Erev Shabbos. If Erev Pesach came out on, on Erev Shabbos, that means you shech the carbon on Erev, on Erev Pesach. But if Shabbos, you can't cook, you can't roast, you can't bake. So you have to roast it before before Shabbos starts. So therefore, what do you do? You do the Tumid, which has to come before the Pesach earlier, Nishchit B'Sheish Macht. So you shech the carbon Tumid six and a half hours in the day. That's 12.30 p.m. on a six to six day. V'kar B'Sheva, and you, and, you, um, and you bring it, you makrav it, and as you do the Avoda at the seventh hour, one at 1 p.m., Umachsa, uh, 1.30 p.m. rather. That's, that's the rule about the carbon Tumid. And afterwards, you bring the carbon Pesach. But why? So why do you say at twelve thirty p.m. Why don't you do it as soon as the Why don't you shecht it at twelve oh one? As soon as uh, right after midday, right after noon, you're supposed to shecht it. He says he says that tefillah of mincha is right after right after uh, uh, right after noon. So this you should also why the carbon pesach is also bein or which is afternoon, which is twelve oh one. So why don't you do because why don't you do that? So the Gemara says, Why is that a kasha? All Rabbi Yosef said was that, that uh, Rabbi Safra said rather, we learned from Avraham Avinu that the time for Mincha is as early as possible, right at, let's say, call 1201. So Rabbi Safra said, we're going to learn from, from Avraham Avinu, not that he was incredulous, how could we follow Avraham Avinu, he was on a different madrega, etc., but rather, his kasha was, if that would be the case, we should bring the carbon tumid on Erev Pesach. When it came out on Erev Shabbos, we should also do a 1201. Why did we wait till 1230? Why is that a kasha? Very simple. The walls in the base of Mikdash were not perfectly perpendicular to the ground, a perfect straight line up, but rather... They were wider at the bottom and a little narrower at top. They went up at an angle for you know for stability. So therefore, the you couldn't see they the wall would not darken at twelve oh one. It would take till twelve thirty because it wasn't at a perfect angle. In other words, when the sun was right after noon at twelve oh one, it didn't cast a shadow yet on the wall because the wall was at an angle. It wasn't straight up. So maybe that's the reason why. They only got darkened. So that you could tell that it was afternoon, right? Mishum too, because they weren't exactly straight; they were at an angle. Inami, or so. What kind of a kasha is that? And as you're saying that uh, Avram's davening was from the wall. You should daven mincha from the time that the walls get dark. Let's say that's twelve thirty, right? What we have today is uh, what we call mincha gedola today, a half an hour after midday. So how do you know? Uh, so that's what he said. That so Yosef said, well, how can we learn from Avram Avinu? Why? Because if, if that would be the case, we should bring the carbon Pesach on Erev Pesach. They came out of Erev Shabbos. We should also bring it at twelve at twelve oh one. So he says, "What's the kind of kasha is that? We can't. The carbon Pesach. We have to go according to what we see as afternoon. And in the base of Migdash, when they could only tell the time by the sun, the sun only uh, uh, cast a shadow on the wall 
at around 12.30 because the wall wasn't, wasn't uh, per- perfectly straight up. Inami Shani Avram, that's sitting here, he was a great astronomer. He had tremendous scientific knowledge. Rashi brings down that they all came, to the, the Malachim from around the world, the various kings came to him to ask him about the various uh, the, the, the constellations, etc., all the astronomy and astrology they came to him for. Inami Shani Avram, the city, he was able to do it. And as he was able to do it earlier on, what, what, what to him that was, uh, that was, you know, right at twelve thirty. If if he had a straight wall in the base of English, maybe they weren't they weren't that that uh, exact. They weren't as He was an elder sitting on the scholars' council. There was always there were always as we'll see great scholars who understood things. Even even if he wasn't an astronomer, but he had a great like ruach hakodesh that he was able to understand things and he knew exactly when twelve oh one was. Days of our forefathers, there was always some great scholars' council. When they were in Egypt, they had a council there. Hashem told Moshe, Go and gather this Canaan. Even in Mitzrayim, when they were working uh, as slaves, they had a council of elders. Uh, they were in the wilderness. Yeshiva Mom, they had a council there too. Shnemer Esfali Shivmish, again, Mizikna Yisrael, they had this Kanem. Kanem means elders, uh, elders who had serious knowledge, who had very, very deep knowledge. So they had that in the Midbar. Earlier on, before Mitzrayim, Avram Avinu Zakim Yeshiva Shiva Shinemar, Avram Zakim Babayam. All these Lashonis tells you is the Kanem. There was a Kanem, elders who had acquired knowledge and they were capable of all these. Things they knew, things that other people didn't know. He was also an elder who sat on the scholars' council. It says there he was eld- an elder. Elder doesn't mean simply he became old, but I mean he was an elder like Vadaj Ben Zakim. Yaakov Avinu Zakim Yisrov Yeshiva also was also that way. Shenemar Ben Yisrov Kovd Mizokin. He was a Zakim. Eliezer Eved Avram Zakim Yeshiva. Even Eliezer Avram's Eved also. So all these people were called Zakanim or Zakan. So he was uh, his servant who was the Zakan base, who was the elder in his household. Hamoshabakalisha ruled over everything that Avram had. He also knew all of the Torah of Avram. As it says, who Damasek Eliezer, what does it mean Damasek Eliezer? Eliezer of Damascus, what does that mean? Amr of Lazar? Shadola, he drew out Umashka Mitaroso and gave drink people Shalrabalachem. And as he taught Torah, he drew the Torah from Moshe from Avram Avinu and gave it to drink, so to speak, fed it to the to others. So all these people, all these people were Skanim, and therefore it could be that Avram was capable of knowing exactly when 1201 was. Right? Whereas we aren't that we we're not we can't be that exact, so we wait for 1230. That was the discussion there. Amrav, Amrav, Kaim Avram Avinu called Tarakula. As we know, it's brought down other places also that the Abbas from Kaim called Tarakashanemar, Ekev Asher Shema Avram Bekoli, because Avram listened to my voice, right? Ekev Asher Shema Avram Bekoli, Mishmarti, Chukosai, Sarosavasas, Amrav Avshim Barchiel, Arab, Ve'em Asheva Mitzvahs. How do you know that it means all Tarak Mitzvahs? It's just called Tarakula. Maybe it only means the Sheva Mitzvahs by Noach. Well, Hoikinamimila. We know that he was Makaim Mila, so that's. That's not that's beyond Sheva Mitzvos. Okay, Vayim Sheva Mitzvos and Mila. So he was a Kaim Sheva Mitzvos, Pani Noach and Mila. Those eight, maybe eight Mitzvos, no more. Amalei, Amalei, Imkei Mitzvos, Saivas or Salomi. Why does it say 
What do you need it for? And therefore, it must be that he was Mekayim Kol Tarakula. Amar Ravavi Tamer Ravashi, Kaim of Ramavina, Filu Erev Tavshilim. Listen to this. He's even Kaim Erev Tavshilim. Rashi says that's only a Drabonan. It's only Takana Sofrim. Right? Shenemar Torosai, my Torah is plural. Achas Torosheb Ksav, Achas Torosheb Opeh. Torosheb Ksav, he was Mekayim everything. So, of course, this is a difficult shot because here Rashi says, Afilu Erev Tavshilim, the top line on the left side in the Rashi. They're going to be attacking later on. So how does the Torah call that? That's not Torah Shabbat except it wasn't written down. It was given to Moshe. It's an understanding, right? The, the, uh, the, we know that there's Malachus in the Torah that you're not allowed to do. That's Menah Torah. What are they? That was written in the, that was the Torah Shabbat to explain all that, right? You know, you're not supposed to, uh, uh, you know, Ayin Tachas Ayin, Shein Tachas Shein. Doesn't mean literally, because the Torah Shabbat explained it, but that's all Menah Torah. What are you talking about? Takana Sofrim, which is only Rabbana. That's certainly not Torah Shabbat so you could say, okay, one of the mitzvahs in the Torah is to listen to the Chacham. But the Gemara doesn't use, that's not a, a Loshan that we, you know, that Losasr tells you it's a mitzvah in the Torah to listen to the Chacham. But still, it's only a Rabbanim. So either you have to say that Rashi is explaining this loosely, or not that Rashi is explaining loosely, because the Gemara says, Afil Erev Tavshil, and Shene Emar. Torah says, even Erev Tavshil, which is certainly only a Rabbanim, so either it's it's a general law, it doesn't mean literally that Erev Tashil is Torah Shavuot. So I'm telling you that Torah Sai means both Torah. So the Pshat over here also is that he was Makam just to show you just that Torah Sai means everything in the Torah, not only Torah but even things that are going to draw bottom. Some say that Erev Tashilin, some have a gears of Erev Tchumen, which according to According to Kiva, according to others, could be a Dorai, so that could answer an Erev Tchumen. Or you could say Erev Tavshilin doesn't mean literally Erev Tavshilin, like Rashi says. Some say, according to the way Rashi's explanation is, you have to say that the one that says, and we're talking about even Rabbanan, it's not exact. We're not talking about literally Shavashavalpeh. We mean everything was Makayim. And they give you an example why Erev Tavshilin, because that's one of the simpler Takonis, because it's not even a Rabbanan like that's going to. Keep you from doing something else. It's simply to zecher that it's Shabbos. You should know that when you're cooking, you're cooking for Shabbos. You're allowed to cook on Friday for Shabbos, right? But but you should remember that you started before. It's like an after shun. You should do it before. It's like just to remember the kedusha of Shabbos. Some learn, not like Rashi, that erev tafshilin means that you're not allowed eruv tafshilin. You can't mix meat and milk. That's already a daraisa, right? He was even mekayim erev tafshilin. She never tarsach tarshevach tarshav pekan mix me. But of course, the lashon is not mashma that way because what's lashon of afilu erev tafshilin if it's a daraisa? So this gets into a lot of other uh, ideas that what he mean they were mekayim called tarkula. We know Yaakov married two sisters. We know right. We know a lot of stuff that you're not allowed to do. So so some say that you know called tarkula doesn't mean literally all tired mitzvahs the way we have them down, but it means everything they did was l'shem shemayim. It's a general idea. Others say no. The Marsha goes into all the rishas about this, with this whole business of of Torah Shabbat, Torah and they were mekayim everything. And he says no. There's some say that um, that they were not uh, even they were mekayim called tarkul, literally tarkul mitzvahs. And the reason why Yaakov was marry two sisters is because they were really not megayer to later on. And we have a klal Gemara and Yavama stuff chafes that call megayer that call shuskayer kamisha no ladami right. That's like a new person, right? A person who was Megayer is like a new person. So technically, 
uh, you could marry when when Torah when Minatora when polygamy is okay. It's only also drabonachem ben gershom, etc. But but when polygamy is okay, and and a, a person married two sisters who were Megayer, they're new people. They're no longer sisters. So therefore, he was Makayim Kalatar Kula, and he was allowed to marry the two sisters because they were they were once they were Megayer, they're like new people. Ah, you say, but a guy couldn't marry two sisters. And you're not allowed to do something that you couldn't do when they were goyim. You know they couldn't do when they're goyim, and now they could do a Jew. They shouldn't say that it's easier when you're a Jew than when a guy. Anything which is usher for a guy should be usher for a Jew also. And a guy couldn't marry two sisters. So they say the two sisters are from two different mothers, and by the goyim it goes according to the mother, not according to the father. So there's two roots for that. Some say again that it means a general idea. It doesn't mean they were mekayim kol torah the way we have the tari mitzvahs. But some say no, they were mekayim kol torah mamish the way and even. When we said that sorrow was uh, uh, that sorrow was uh, his his you know his his his, his, his uh, sister it doesn't mean literally sister. In other words, you could say that Avram and Sorrow were literally were allowed to get married. Minatora Yaakov was allowed to get married to two sisters who were Megayer, and they were from different mothers, etc. So there's a way to explain all this, or you, so different ways to learn what do we mean by that? By the Avos were Mekayim Kula. On the concept of Zrizim Makdim Lemitzvus, we always hear that Zrizim Makdim Lemitzvus, and that's what the Gemara used over here too. He said like. You could really do Mila the whole day, but better to do it, you know, be Mazar's Lemitzvah. The Avne Nazar, who was my great great uncle, uh, he says that, uh, he says, interesting, it doesn't say his reason, Makdimen Hamitzvos, that they do it earlier. You know, if you're a Zaras, if you're scrupulous and you know, diligent, industrious, you're going to, oh, you're a Zaras, oh, he's very, uh, you know, uh, very, very anxious to do things right, and he's very careful. Uh, it doesn't say that he does it earlier. Zrizim makdim in ha mitzvos, but it's zrizim makdim in lib mitzvos. They prepare themselves. If he's a zaris, he prepares himself. He thinks about it. Like we say, the chassidim rishonim used to used to uh, for an hour before davening, they would prepare themselves in proper thought. That's what it means. Also, they prepare themselves in preparation for the mitzvah, not just doing it early. Zrizim makdim in ha mitzvos that they do it early as early as possible, which seems to be a shot in the Gemara over here. But it's reason my team in limitsvos that they prepare themselves, get ready for it to do the mitzvahs properly. So the lotion of what he said when the guy went up on the roof to see if it was light yet. So Masmin Shmuel says uh, that he says in the mission we said um, and he says yes. Who says yes? What is it? What's going on over here? So the Gemara says man omer who said yes? Eli the guy on the roof. So he's the one who said, he's the one who said it's lit up, and then he says yes to himself. Who Chalim Boom Fasher? He's the dreamer. He's also the interpreter. In other words, it's like Hain is. He says yes. It's like an answer, like a part of a dialogue. So he's not having a dialogue with himself. What's going on? Ella the or maybe the guy on the ground says yes. Oh, is it lit up? He says yes. Yeah, all lit up over here. And the guy man says yes. Someone yeah, How does he know? How does he, like, he's confirming what the other guy said. So how does he know? He's asking the guy. The guy on the roof is supposed to tell him what's going on. So what is, who said yes over here? Some say, it's on, so you could give an answer and say it's the one on the ground. Some say it's on the roof. What am I? If it was the guy on the roof who said yes. The guy on the roof said, he went up on the roof and he says, listen, it's all lit up over here. I could see daybreak. The guy on the ground said, all the way to Hebron, can you see Hebron? Is, is it lit up over there too? Not necessarily you can see it, but we just mentioned it again to, to remember the Avos. He says, yes, it's lit up. Even, even in Hebron, it's lit up. 
Or you could say the hand was set by a guy on ground. He said, uh, he said, is it lit up? The guy on the ground said to the guy on the roof, is it lit up? It's lit up all the way to heaven. He says, that's what I meant to ask you. Yes, 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 that's what I meant to say. When I said, is it lit up? And you answered me all the way to Hebron, that's exactly what I meant. Is it lit up all the way to Hebron? Why did they have to go through that all that work? I mean, today you have a clock. You know exactly when it is. There's a calendar, right? But in those days, how did he have to go up to the roof and check it? Because there was once a problem. They did it too early. They mistook the light of the moon for the light of the sun. So they wanted to be careful and go up on the roof and check. Can you really, is there, can you exchange or can you make a mistake and confuse, really? Here it means, can you confuse the light of the sun with the light of the moon? But Tanya Rabbi Omer, the rising column of the of the moon is not comparable to Timushul Chama, not like that of the sun. Timushul Levana Metamar Va'ola Kamak goes up like a stick, a straight up. Timushul Chama Fatsiel Kalakan. The light of the of the sun is scattered all over. It's scattered all over the place. So you could you could see the difference between the sun and the light of the sun, light of the moon. So Tanri Shmuel Lomer Yom Munhai. I'll tell you what happened. It was a cloudy day. Mafsiel Kanakan, and it was scattered. In other words. Since it was very cloudy, the light of the moon only came through breaks in the clouds, so it looked like that of the sun. You see over here, Yuma Deiva Kuli Shemsha. Even a day that's cloudy, but it's really very sunny, the sun breaks through the spaces between the clouds. And this is important to know that the sun is still there. It's number one to know that even on a cloudy day, you can spread out skins, hides to dry. A woman should not knead out in the sun because when she kneads in the sun, the sun will dry it. It's sort of like beginning to bake it and it'll turn chametz quickly. So she shouldn't knead out in the sun, not even in the heat of the sun. Be very careful. So you should know that the sun, even on a cloudy day, the sun is there, as we all know. Cloud, the cloud day doesn't mean it's nighttime, it just means that the sun is partially hidden. So you should know even on a cloudy day, the sun comes through, the, uh, the sun's rays come through breaks in the clouds and it could be very hot and you could also you know it, it could be a problem with meeting on Pesach and it could be a and, and it's also a day that you could lay out hides to dry. Amrav Nachman Zuama the Shisha Argirs Zuama Zuama usually means the dirty the dirty rays. Some have the gears on the side that he says is zero the Shimsha so means the rays of the sun Kashimishimsha are more difficult than the sun itself. In other words if the sun is out and there's no clouds, you know, the sun can bother you a little bit. But when it's, when it's cloudy and the sun breaks right through, it's like, it's very, it's like the sun, the, it, it sticks out, the rays come through very strong and they can be more damaging to the eye or stronger on the skin, whatever, than even if, than if there's no clouds at all. The simonach, the simon is, dona dechalot. A, a, uh, a barrel or a closed jar of vinegar. If it's sealed shut, Right to keep it out. As if the if the if it's it's usually sealed sealed shut to keep the smell in to keep the the pungent smell inside. If you open up the whole jar, the whole lid comes off, so it comes out. It's not that strong. It comes out. It comes out. But if you just put a little hole in it, then all the, the the smell comes right through that little hole, and that's stronger. Of course, it's the same vinegar, but if it just comes through one spot, it seem at least seems to be stronger. Shavriri the Shimsha also the the strong rays, the dazzling light they say of the sun. Kashim Shimsha is more difficult than the sun itself. If the sun is out, you know, you could easily you could more easily look at the sun 
even though you shouldn't look at the sun directly, but you're easier to look at the sun on, an, on a clear day than it is when you get a ray coming between the clouds. That's even more difficult because it's coming directly into your eyes. Ultraviolet rays. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. I think that I think that you get either way. That goes right through the clouds. The simonech, dilfa, the, summon, the sign is like a dripping. Like if, it, if, it, if you poured water down, it's raining, it's one thing. But when drop, drop comes through the roof, it's more, it's more troublesome. Uh, other things like that here. Who are Avayu Kashim Avayu? Thinking about Avayu, thinking about uh, um, about um, uh, an Avayu of let's say of uh, of Bia. Thinking about um, uh, sexual uh, sexual uh, perverseness or Avayus uh, is more difficult. Kashim Avayu is more than Avayu itself. In other words, it's more diff- it, it's more injurious to the body. Thinking about it all the time and not having it more than the Aveira itself. It's more injurious to the body. And the simon for that is the smell of meat. In other words, uh, that you're smelling uh, roasted meat and you're so, you, you have such a taiva for it, to, the, the, you have such a desire to eat the meat, is, uh, does more injury than, uh, than eating the meat it can do. Shili dekaita, the end of the summer, kashimikaita. In the end of the summer, even though it's the same temperature outside, but let's say in September or in Elul, it's, it, it, but it's been hot for three, four, five months already. So that same temperature, but it, the whole atmosphere is so hot, and that's more difficult than than uh, hot temperature in the middle of the summer. The simon for that is a oven that's that's heated up already. An oven that's been heated up, it's much, and now you just heat it up a little bit, but it's already hot, and therefore it's more difficult than uh, than. Um, you know, than if uh, than otherwise. Meaning, if it's already heated up, then a little fire will make it much hotter than than in the middle of the summer, which ne- needed a bigger fire to heat it up. Uh, the opposite is true. Ishta the sifsa, the sifsa. Let's say the a fever in the fall or in the winter. Kashimanakaita is worse than the summer. Why? Because since in the summer it's very easy to get hot, but in the winter, if you have the same temperature of the body when the, the outside is cold and it's hard to get hot. And now if you have a, the same fever in the winter, it's more difficult than the same fever in the summer because in the summer, part, part of the heat is just from the atmosphere. In the winter, where it's cold outside and you have a fever, that's more difficult than the same fever in the, in the uh, summer. The simonech and the simonech tanura karira, a cold oven. A cold oven, to make it hot, you need a lot more heat than a warm oven. Migmar batikta kashimirachata, learning when you're old and have forgotten. Rashi says, meaning that when you had learned when you were young and you forgot everything, you know, you stopped learning, you gave it up. And then you want to remember what you learned with Shachach is more difficult than learning for the first time when you have a clear mind. You've never learned it before. Uh, so, and V'sich Daito means you pushed it out of your mind. You don't want to learn anymore. V'shachach, it's more difficult to go back and learn it. Then if you've never learned it at all. So again, Migmar Batikta, Kashimirachata, learning that for the first time. Simanech, Tina Bartina. When he says an example is when you're mixing cement or kneading, kneading cement, if you use new dirt, that's much better than taking an old, an old wall, breaking it down, crushing it, and making cement out of that. So it's better, you know, starting fresh is better than using something old or having something old that was now being discarded and trying to rejuvenate that. All right, we'll pick it up from here tomorrow, Mitchin from Amr Bavu, a little bit of a continuation of this Gemara from today. Have a good day, everybody. Shavuot Tov.